I am Lucas Mack, and I'm on a mission to see the hurting get healed and the healed go out and heal others in order for all of us to experience the true love and light we desire. This podcast is me sharing my journey with you so you don't feel alone in your journey. Welcome to the Golden Rule Revolution. Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to another episode of the Golden Rule Revolution. I am Lucas Mack. Thank you for joining. Guys, this is one of my most favorite episodes I've ever recorded with a guest. Alex Street of No Boring Stories podcast came on the podcast after I have already been on his podcast. I was a guest on his, and I just love the conversation with him. I love him. He is a deep thinker, very articulate. We just have a good time talking about story, his fascinating story of how he grew up, um, religion, spirituality, healing, breaking out of any box that society or the matrix wants to put us in. I just absolutely loved it. And brother Alex, thanks for coming on. I appreciate your open heart and everyone enjoy. Well, my brother, Alex, thank you for coming on um, this podcast as I had the pleasure of joining you on your podcast and and uh, everyone listening, like I said in the intro, right when I connected with Alex and we t- started talking about our backgrounds, we were like, whoa, we have a lot of similarities um, coming from the backgrounds uh, in the religious world and, yes, and where sir. we are in our journey now. So I'm so excited to, to have you on, brother, and, and talk. Yeah, I am. I'm so excited for this. Truly, uh, from from our conversation, I just I, there's a high trust level here that you will you will guide this where it needs to go. And I'm just right. I'm getting in the passenger seat and just like, let's just drive. Let's go. Let's see what the scenery is. Let's just talk about whatever needs to be talked about and and make sure that it's uh, it's beneficial and it's it's good for your listeners. That's what I'm here for. I love it. I love it, brother. So. Um, Walk, you know, start, let's start at the beginning. Where'd you grow up and and what was life like for you growing up? Yeah, baby. All right. Start at the beginning of the story. A very good place to start. So Sound of Music says, uh, yeah, I was, I'm a Toronto boy. I, I was in Toronto early on and then moved out of the city. My parents, uh, were like, let's move up to the suburbs. And so we got to this place that is now like a you know, it's a metropolis in itself as the world changes and grows. But I was raised by a couple of uh, beautiful artists. Uh, my dad was a photographer and my mom was an actress and both left home themselves at when my dad was 18. He left England uh, to come to Toronto to make it big as a photographer. And my mom was 20 when she actually left England to come to Toronto and make it big as an actress. And so, um, uh you know, my dad's career took off and he became this world round photographer for 40 years. And that was our life. So me and my brother, we just grew up in this home that was all about, all about either, you know, acting, let's go to a show. Let's my mom put me on stage early, or it was hanging out in the dark room with my dad while he's, you know, printing his, his images and, and touring the world, photographing ballet uh, in Cuba and France and wherever it is, and then working for the National Ballet of Canada here. So wow. that was, you know, that's a, a, a taste of our home. 
here as I remember it growing up and, and kind of the spirit of, of our family and, and really the foundation for who I am now. Right. That's amazing. How did your dad get into photography of ballet specifically? That's such yeah, a that's, niche. He, I mean, he really like, I, I, so neither of them are around anymore. Uh, my dad died eight years ago. My mom was 10 uh, years ago. And, and my dad, you know, when someone dies, you have a collection of stuff, like what's their stuff. And uh, over years, I think this would be typical of most people is like, you kind of whittle that down. If you are the owner of that stuff now, as a, as a child, you, you whittle that down, you, you sell some stuff, you do whatever. I, I have all of his photographs that have survived all of his digital images, his, or not digital images, all of his, his negatives and and prints and everything, you know, 20,000 plus of them. Wow. And it's all kinds of stuff. He loved, he grew up on a horse farm, so he loved horses. So we've got like bins of horse photographs and framed images of those. And then we've got celebrities and, uh, and, you know, CEOs. And so he was big into portraiture and, and really like capturing those and took some TV guide cover images and all that sort of stuff. And then we've got this whole career around ballet. And I think it's, it's almost the same thing around horses, strangely, where it, it was actually about movement for him. Mm. It was like what he loved about watching a horse move was the grace the muscles the like if you can cat you can snap an image are you kidding me of this beast running wild and you can snap a split second and capture the movement that was there so then he would take that into the studio and get these uh right this this male and female uh ballet dancer to 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 work and and dance and jump at their their highest like skill level and and the peak of their movement at the peak of their jump when their legs are split and their arms are displayed and their hands are just right. And he would snap that image. Mm. And there's something magical about that for him. And he was incredibly, uh, again, like, you know, uniquely gifted at capturing that. Uh, And I think that's, that's what I really, that's what I respect about him and his art. Mm. Um, that was the gift that he specifically had. We had him photograph our wedding. And I remember that we had him and somebody wow. else Wow! and that the somebody else could capture like, all right, let's get a group photo. But what he did mm-hmm. was capture that split second of your personality jumping out. Yeah. So I think that was it was he just got into it. He tested it. He pushed the boundaries. He you know, tried new things. He was innovative in his work, mm. um, was doing things with film that no, truly nobody else was doing in the seventies and eighties and made a name for himself. And so said, sure, sure. I'll be your, you know, prima photographer for the prima ballerinas. Let's go. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. What a cool, what a cool story. And what a cool, um, experience you had through his eyes, getting to see life through his eyes how, rare and unique Mm -hmm. is that that's really cool yeah it's you know i look at what i do now as a storyteller Mm -hmm. and i I often say my mom told stories on stage like literally here's a character going from this place to this place over an hour and a half and i'm going to take you on that journey and my dad told stories through film Mm -hmm. and with his camera and it's more about capturing the moment and you as the viewer 
as, as the, the audience get to decide, you know, where was this before and after, if we're just capturing this moment, there's so much to that. There's so much more to that image than that person, that, that scene than just this moment. And so, yeah, I think that's really, you're right. It's to capture, to see the world through his eyes. It's, uh, I don't know. It's something that, of course, you, you don't notice until you, you sit there and you go, is this why I am the way I am? <laughs> is this it? That's amazing. You know, I, uh, so yeah, I shared this with you on your podcast, but so I was a TV reporter, journalist, on-air um, reporter for a long time. And then I started my own marketing and advertising agency, but I would teach all our all my employees, especially the videographers and the, and the graphic designers, this concept of wide, medium, and tight. So wide, you never want to jump cut like in video. You don't want to go uh, tight to tight or medium to medium shot of the same scene because it feels like mm-hmm. a jump cut. And the brain doesn't understand it. But what I would say is wide establishes where. So it's like a wide, anyone can picture wherever you're listening around the world, cool, road yeah. construction. You're like, you see a wide shot of the road. You're like, oh, that is this place you see a medium shot and you see what they're doing at that place. Hmm. You see a tight shot. You see someone's hand grill, like drilling a screw into whatever they're doing. You see that and you feel that visceralness of like, wow, that's, that's real. That's happening. It sounds like that's what your dad was able to capture that feeling of those tight shots and those split second moments of Mm. making people feel through the eye. That's, that's really cool. There's one image that I remember that he, I think it was one of his favorites. He was in Cuba again, like he was there for right to, to take photographs of the ballet or something. And then then he would just walk the streets of Havana and, you know, he didn't tell me all the stories, but I'm sure that there were stories to tell. And he, uh, he has this image of this, this woman sitting on a stoop, uh, just of some house. And she's got this fat stogie, like sticking out of her mouth. And these, like, she's just dark, dark skin. It's, he loved black and white, right? Black and white was his baby. Cause he's like, it's, you can't cheat the light with black mm-hmm. and white. Um, that's good. You can write that down. Yeah, that's nice. uh, <laughs> That has a nice ring to it. <laughs> and, printed as we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, uh, and she had that. Yeah. She's got this like, really dark skin, these sunglasses and, and this fat uh, cigar. And you can see the smoke in the air and the wrinkles in her mm. skin. Like I, this, this woman could have been 150 or she could have been 82. I don't know, but she just sitting there and just, you know, again, you see the image, you can almost make up the conversation that I'm having with her. Like the stories that she's going to tell me just from this. And you're right. I feel like that's a close up of like this woman. You don't see the world around her. You don't know. And yet I feel like I do. Yeah. Yeah. And what a, what an incredible gift to be able to do that, to zone people into that, that tight shot, that moment, whatever that is in your craft. Right. We get to do that to zone in and be like, I'm just here for you right now. Mm. Or, I just need to show you this small thing, not the big picture. We'll go to the big picture at some point, but right now, yeah, let's talk about this one small thing and zone so much into that. And um, I mean, we can take this anywhere you want to take it, but I agree. I think that that tight, medium wide, that's, that's such a brilliant way to look at life. Like, what are you focusing on right now? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
it's so fascinating life, brother. I've never um, talked to someone with with the background with two parents being artists professionally and, and doing that craft. So did you, you were on stage, you turned into a professional storyteller <laughs> yourself. So you definitely, did you naturally love it as a child? Like when did it click for you that this is something that was naturally something you loved? Yeah, that's good. I think it's interesting because my my brother, I would say, kind of leaned more towards my dad. Mm. Um, and so he's a screenwriter and he so, you know, my dad wasn't writing plays or whatever, but we look at it and we even recognize like my grandfather was a playwright. He's got piles and piles of plays that he wrote for West End London and stuff. And, and so like just seeing how that passes on is so interesting. Mm. And I. I mean, I'm a mama's boy. I just like, I, you know, hung out at her holding onto her ankles uh, for as long as I could. And um, so I followed her and just absolutely adored what she was and who she was. And she came in, I remember at my school, she wasn't acting anymore when she was, when she had kids. Um, but she found ways to make that happen. So she came in and put on a production at our school and I was in second grade and she made a role. It was a Cinderella show and somehow she created a scene where there was a teddy bears picnic so that i could go on stage and wear my winnie the pooh costume (laughs) so that was like you know that caught the bug she Mm. she got me in that and i feel like something happened there where i was like oh i can do this that's cool and and it clicked i guess that started it then i remember going when she got back into acting I remember sitting like 12 years old, sitting backstage. I was, you know, we go and see a show of hers for like, like 13 times mm. and over its run. And so I'd be like, some days I'd sit in the audience some days I'd sit in the rehearsal room. And some days I'd sit backstage and I'd bring a crossword and I'm not allowed to say a thing. I can't cough. I can't sneeze. I can't do anything. And I remember seeing my mom, like go get in her outfit. She'd say hi to me. She'd get me an apple juice and be like, Oh, I gotta go. <laughs> And go and wait in the wing. And then I hear her make her entrance. And I would just sit there and just like, listen, right? It's all, it's happening behind me. And I just listen to what's happening on stage. And I remember hearing her voice. She had this like deep, like booming, commanding voice. Mm. And she would say something. And then the audience would burst out in laughter. And I'd be like, what is that? Wow. What wow. is that magic? Mm. Where you that's my mama. Yeah. Right. Like that's, that's, she's mine. And yet they are like affected by her. Like she, and so again, you talk about where did that click? Where did that, where did something fall in love? I was like, how can I do that? Mm. Like if she can do that, surely I can do. And so it just became this, can I create something? Can I, can I put on a character? Can I put on this show? Can I um, uh, ultimately, can I have an effect on people? like that where you can change their emotion you can change their feeling you can make them lean in you can make them laugh just with your words that is freaking magic and that's been my pursuit for the last 30 years i have a question that i've never i've always been curious about my entire life and i'm going to ask you because you're the only person i've been able to ask oh gosh i love this this is so random but 
what was it like having two parents that had British accents and you not having that, you and your brother not having that? I've always wondered with, what, what is that like for you? Did you try to mimic it? Did you, I mean, you can definitely mimic it. I'm sure right now, right. but what- Oh, I love it. I love reading Harry Potter to my kids. Now I put on I, all <laughs> the accents, my man. That's like, amazing. All of them. You've got Harry Potter and you've, you've got Hermione and then you've got Ron. He's a little bit different. He's a little bit more grindy. You know, you've got Agrid. There's Agrid, right? I'm like, here I am. So you, you kind of pick all those up and some of them are awful at other times. And some of them all of a sudden now, now it's turned into a Jamaican accent. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> That's awesome. But I, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of fun. It's exotic, isn't it? It's like, oh yeah, my, my parents are the, you know, my dad was such a, he was such a charmer. So it, like for him, he used it. Right. So he shows up and he's the one in the room and he's the one who um, used his accent. He used that as like, he's got the British charm and the British sense of humor and for better or worse, he would use that. And so I just watched that and loved it. Yeah. Um, and my mom, I think used it more as a, again, because there's something scientifically, there's actually something about if somebody puts on, if somebody is speaking, if there's a, a, a professor speaking with a British accent, the audience will respect that voice. Mm. What he has to say, they will listen longer, like tests have been done, right? This guy goes up and shares the same information as this guy with, uh, with all the respect, Lucas, with a Southern accent, Southern American yeah. accent. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and the audience will listen to the British professor. Right. It's the same person just putting on an accent yeah. um, more. And so I think my mom, leaned into that was like mm, mm. this will this is a respect thing mm. you you will listen to me darling <laughs> yes. you will That's do what i say and so yeah it's interesting that we didn't pick it up at all yeah uh we just have a good old canadian accent yeah. and um but i loved it it was That's it was cool. a hoot for you sure. never felt it's you a, never yeah. felt not a part of them that's the one thing i've always wondered like did That's you ever feel not a part of them i'm and maybe the answer is always for all these children that I've always I've encountered many right. families where the parents both speak with, with a British Whatever accent, accent. Yeah. and the children are born in the United States and they don't have that accent. I've always wondered, oh, do they feel separate from or maybe not? Yeah, no, that's I, I don't no, not because of that. That is it is good. And I think it's it's because they maybe there was an intentional effort around that. I'm not sure, but I, I mean, I grew up on Monty Python and, and British sitcoms. <laughs> like yeah. there was no, I was, I was immersed in British culture. Awesome. So uh, that was not, it didn't feel like I was separate from them. Um, you know, we went over to England. I think I went last time I went was I was four years old or something. So they tried, they made an intentional effort to, yeah. to let us see the motherland. Um and I think maybe that's part of that, but no, there, I, I never felt any kind of a, it never felt, I mean, again, I'm just, this is where I'm so grateful for who they are and, and whatever. I never felt any kind of separation from them. If anything, I just know that there was, we were there. Yeah. That's beautiful. They're everything. Well, you, you have answered a question that I had <laughs> for the longest time. So interesting. I think it's such a fascinating concept too. Like the, the accents and children that don't have it, but, uh, uh-huh. cause my, my, so my mom got remarried and, um, he was, he's also from 
England, he's got an accent. And so my stepsister, um, she has this kind of weird hybrid yeah. Canadian. Mm-hmm. And, and then all of a sometimes on some words, she'll drop that, that British kind of, you know, um, twist to it. And uh, she picked that up and, you know, again, her and her mom is also British. So, so she got that, but again, me and my brother, nothing. What a cool, yeah. what a cool experience. Um, I want to get into how you went into the religious world, how you went into mm-hmm. the, down the Christian path and then mm-hmm. how you disengaged with that path to be where you are today. I think this is one of the yeah, things, really. you know, when we opened the podcast, where I was saying like where we have similar Mm-hmm. you know, backgrounds, our family backgrounds are <laughs> right. That's what I was thinking as I was saying this. In any way, shape or form. <laughs> actually, I'm listening to that like, man, that's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> However, here's where the similarities. Um, <laughs> I just felt so always loved and like my parents were so proud of me. You know that, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so funny. Oh man, and I'm so happy. I mean, I have no like, well, oh, you know, it was me. I'm like, that's such a beautiful thing, and yet it's so funny. Which is what's so great about where you're at and how you're leading now. And let me just say that, right? I think that's that's just so because you're so open and vulnerable and authentic about who you are, and also just get to go like, yeah, and amazing. Like, let's celebrate your experience and also acknowledge mine. Like, that's all. <laughs> yeah, that's this is who you are. I think so. Oh. Thanks. Good bro. on you. Thanks. Um, so the 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 Christian path and the religious path and your desire to know God, the concept of God, the path that you chose, where you are, like walk us through that whole journey. I think it's yeah. such a and why, real quick. I think this is so important for everyone listening. The whole world is going through this right now. They're looking. They're you know fifty two sermons a year, the same message. Every three months, the same repeated cycle in every denomination, in every church, in Mm -hmm. every town, in Mm -hmm. every place around the world. And people are like, this was it? This is it? Like, I mean, this is, and and it's not a bad question to say, this is it? Like, what, what are we, what are we doing here? What's, and, and as the religious structures i think are crumbling and people are feeling like oh my gosh like and they can either hold tightly onto that which is crumbling or they can stand in their own power and say okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) where is truth so i that's why i want to preface all what you're about to share uh phyllis phyllis tickle uh says that you know she kind of picked up on something um that every 500 years the church goes through a, a significant shift. And mm-hmm. here we are again, um, looking yeah. at, you know, kind of a, around 500. So first 500 would have been like, you know, Constantine really like doing his thing. And then 11, uh, like kind of 1100 was um, the big uh, uh, catechism kind of happening. And then we're like at 1500 and now we've got the reformation and now here we are again. Mm-hmm. And it's this, and she was before she passed, she was writing about, you know, what is this? What are we in right now? And the bigger question is, are we willing to talk about it? Because at all those times there was, you know, there was, there were people that would come together and say, what's going on and what's our role and how do we move forward in this? And, and as a church, you know, as a, as a system. Mm-hmm. 
And it seems like that's not, people aren't willing to get around the table now and have that conversation. And so it's just happening anyways. Yeah. I think what you're talking about is this very much bigger thing Mm. that we are, we get to be a part of and see. And I think the more open that we are to say like, oh, something is happening, then resistance starts to fall to the side and we start to open hands and say, hmm, okay, what do we do about this? Yeah, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful way to look at it. So, so what's the story? Yeah, your journey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the story, hey, brother? What's the story you storyteller? Bring it down for us. I followed a girl. That's, yeah. what, that's what the story is. Um, I mean, yeah, I, you talk about kind of, where did it begin or what? Like I was, there was no kind of a, a belief in our home or any sort of concept of it. No talk about that. It wasn't anything. I remember like my first thought would be like, there must be a God. There must be, is there a God? I don't know. Like is thunder when God bowls is rain when God pees like that sort of thing. I'm telling you, this wasn't like two years old. This was like 11 year old Alex. Like yeah. I, I yeah. have conscious thought. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and these are the concepts that I'm coming up with. Um, and I think that's it. That was the, that was like my concrete way of thinking about it was absolutely. It's something up there. I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my best friend was deeply in the church. And so I went like a couple Sundays with him and it was a really weird, awkward. Mm-hmm. I don't know what this is experience. It was just because I slipped over at his house and mm-hmm. that's what they did in the morning. And so it was kind of positive, but just nothing to me. Yeah. And then I was it 16 years old? I sat next to uh, a girl in class and was like, Hey, I like you. And she's like, I like you too. You super stud. <laughs> Make up that part. That she and she's, that <laughs> <laughs> she specifically uttered those words. <laughs> There's no note to prove it. So, you That's know, right. my word against hers. Um, That's awesome. And uh, like, we should date. She's like, Well, okay, but we can't because I'm I'm a Christian and like the, they tried that before and it just doesn't work if we're not aligned. And I was like, All right, what do I got to do? Mm. So it's just like, I, it's yeah. that easy to say. But then I look at it and I'm like, Oh, it's high school. I'm going through all these different identity shifts. Mm-hmm. Like, I was a jock, I was a punk, I was a drama kid. Sure, I'll be a Christian. Like, let's try that hat on. Mm-hmm. I'll go for that. What is this? If yeah. it gets me the girl, let's go for it. Yeah. And so, totally missionary dating, totally like, like, Okay, we got a man in the church. I like, I said the words, whatever, and keep going. And sure enough, we start dating. It's great. I'm totally for her, there for her, go to youth group and all these things. I'm making all these friendships and stuff. And then she breaks up with me and I'm like, ah, now what? And I remember it was this like emotional, like, again, I'm 16. I'm like, ah, okay, do I choose Jesus or do I choose? back to my old ways. Mm. And I guess I had heard enough at that point that I was like, no, this is God breaking me mm. so that I can be made new in something stronger, mm-hmm. like a puzzle being pushed off the table and I get to rebuild it. So I like chose that and went into it and went hard and was like, yeah, I'm showing up by myself. I'm, I'm doing this thing. And, and as I leaned into that, um, it did become my own thing, my own faith. And I found a place that I belonged. You talk about performing my goodness, there was no end to the performance opportunities in a youth group. <laughs> so like not even like, you know, I get to put on a mask and pretend I didn't feel like I was pretending. I just felt like I could be fully goofy, fully me, fully yeah. serious. If I need to, let's put on a play, let's play a game. Let me get on stage and do the announcements. 
all the opportunities were there to let my whole self show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it kind of felt like that became that. And now on the girlfriend perspective, a year later, when she was like, oh, okay, this is real. I see the real you coming out. We started dating again. Four years later, we got married. She's now been my wife for 17 years. Wow. <laughs> and we've been through this wow. deconstruction journey together as well. Wow. So, Dude, that's amazing. That's <laughs> a cool a story. That yeah. is a really cool story. Um, wow. So, I mean, now, right? Now I look at it. We both look at it. We're like, whatever that was. I mean, right. This is where I, I, right. I'm at this place now where I don't by any means belong to a church. I don't, we don't go any, we don't have any sort of a rhythm around that. Um, even our concept of what is God, what is a, mm-hmm. what is spirituality? Um, you know, it's wide open. My old youth pastor, my old mentor, I had lunch with him the other day and he's like, so where are you at spiritually? When there was like, we had five minutes left in our yeah, lunch and yeah, he drops his bomb. Drop <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh we, my gosh, that's great. And and I was like, oh, okay, well, and I, I talked around a little bit and and you know, sensitive to mm-hmm. what does he want to hear? Mm-hmm. What does he need to hear? What 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 how's this gonna affect him? And you can basic- with you felt me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's your fault. <laughs> it's your fault. Exactly. <laughs> Sensitively. Yeah. I mean, no, I basically left it at like, I'm, I'm open. I'm more open, free. I feel open, peaceful, and free more than I ever have now at 38 years old. So whatever that is, it's hard to describe, but that, those would be the words that I would use. And um, that's where I'm at. That's like, how does that, beautiful. how does that feel for you? He's like, hmm. Yep. Well, I'm not surprised. <laughs> mm. And and he was like a little bit sad. Mm. I was like, okay. Like it's fine. I'm totally fine with that. But I get it. It's not a sadness. Like, oh, you feel open and free. I'm sad for you. It wasn't that. It was just. It was just a sadness of exactly that. You failed me. Like, what did that <laughs> but feel if like? You but that slipped in. Jesus made me that way. And he's like, <laughs> Amen, brother. And then I like, see it's all good now because Jesus made me open, peaceful, and free. Exactly. Oh my exactly. god. Exactly. So I mean, that's you know to look at the the twenty year kind of journey of this. Mm. It started at this curiosity this openness to like what kind of identity do i want sure mm-hmm. i can step in and this community feels good mm-hmm. and that community felt good and felt like a place i could explore and be for what 15 years mm-hmm. as i leaned more into that i really made it my own i went to bible college across the country i uh, came back and finished while interning at my church as a youth pastor Um, Right. I had this dream of like being an actor my whole life and then left that because it was really hard (laughs) and left that to go into youth ministry, which is really easy and um, easy to make it easy to pretend easy to be whatever it needs to be. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And also found this incredible love for like, yeah, I can do this. So as much as it was like this spiritual journey, I see this whole path as way more of an identity journey and like, who am I? What can I do? And how does that affect other people? Mm. And for a while, I put on the hat and the jacket of pastor. Mm-hmm. 
to use my gifts mm-hmm. and affect people. And the difference is now, I just don't carry that title. And therefore, I'm free to say and think and converse with whoever I want and help them in this very specific way that they need help according to my gifts, instead of trying to lead them towards something that they may not mm-hmm. be asking about. That's the difference that I see right now. That's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And, <laughs> you know, ironically, I mean, you know, the Bible, I know the Bible, we can both like give these Bible verses, but like to affirm where you are, it's like who the sun sets free is free. Indeed. Like what does freedom mean? Right. It means free means there are no bounds. It means there are no limitations. It means go, go and explore, love people. You know, like how can we love them if we don't, if we're trying to manipulate and control coerce and lead down our path, like that's not love. That's craziness. Which I, I am. And this is the thing, right? I'm always, I'm sensitive to the language because I didn't feel like, let's say, you know, my experience wasn't, it wasn't, I didn't experience abuse, mm-hmm. you know, straight up. I didn't like experience those sort of yeah. things. I didn't feel like the church wronged me or even those in leadership, like intentionally, let's say mm-hmm. wronged me in any way or like, like hurt me. And it's it, but it's, it's, as you step out, you see, oh, there wasn't necessarily intention behind it, but the way that the system is structured yes. is it, it is, that's the way it's built. Yeah. It's, it's built on those words that you write manipulation, coercion, and, and they'll seem like such nasty words to say and to throw towards this thing that is supposed to be so beautiful, mm-hmm. but call it what it is. And this is where we see the systems that are coming out that are being revealed for what they are and, and what has gone on behind the scenes, those things have been, those people have been allowed to do bad things because they're in a system that allows it to happen. Right. And that's, that's the stuff that you go like, oh yes, mm-hmm. you break it down just below the surface and you see that, um, man, there's a lot of, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of manipulation, a lot of um, power yeah. uh, being played. In there. And and that's the thing where I feel like I just, I never, I played in it Mm -hmm. for a long time and, and I'm wholly uninterested in being a part of it Yeah. now. Beautiful way to say it. Very kind hearted way to say it. I like that. That's an intactful way to say it. I, uh, (laughs) I, on the other hand, have let it go a few times. (laughs) It's like, Oh, but this, is, but this is it. This is, you get to speak to your experience. Exactly. So, exactly. I did this episode why I left Christianity to find the love of God. And I was really yeah. angry in it. And people are like, you're so in the comments of YouTube, be like, you're so angry. I'm like, you're darn right. I was angry because yeah. they kept trying to coerce and manipulate and like, well, I just pray that Jesus knocks in your heart. And I'm like, I pray that, you know, and I said to them and on the podcast, I respond back to this, this guy who my dad was using to try to manipulate and coerce me back into under control, I said, you know, I asked, you know, please pray for me, but I asked whatever you pray for me, you also pray for yourself. And that's how I left it. Like, you want right. to pray that God opens my eyes. I pray that right. you better pray that God opens your eyes too, brother. Yeah. Like you can't have it one way and not the other. And uh, 
that's really my philosophy on this whole thing is like what you would not do into another don't do into yourself or what would you not do into yourself don't do into another I think that's it. I think there's there's what I'm what I'm learning now, and by no means do I feel enlightened. Do I feel like this is the end of it all or anything like that? I've got, but at, this is where I'm at in my path, and what I'm learning now is this um, uh, ownership mm-hmm. and responsibility to my role in this and in relationship and in community, as opposed to, you know, when I hear someone. I heard someone the other day talk about their experience and um, in their role as a pastor and somebody came up to them. We were actually talking about the Enneagram and how like, you know, just butting heads and butting numbers against numbers and how I don't, I don't deal well with eights or whatever. Like, all right, who does? But um, <laughs> <laughs> they were like, so he's like, okay, but I've got this one person that was on staff and um, they said, you know, I just feel like I, I just want some affirmation from you uh, that I'm doing the right thing, that I'm doing well. And they told me the response was, first of all, get your affirmation from Jesus. Second of all, uh, maybe this is, you know, maybe we can talk about this, but this has been a pattern of whatever it went from there. But I'm just, just the fact that the first of all is not my problem and actually not your problem. Like you go deal with this with you in your own that idea, that concept, that's, that's not in my mind. That's not a response for me anymore. The response is how can I respond? Like, how can I help? Yeah. Maybe this is, if you feel that way, if you feel like you need something from me, we can talk about that. We can talk about if I, if that is helpful for me to give that to you. And if so, how can I do that in a way that you will receive that? Mm, well, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's responsibility. Yeah. As opposed to God will take care of it. God will do it. And Jesus is whatever. Yeah. Um, there's, there's an opportunity to open your hand and say like, ah, what's, what's coming for me? What's, what does this great mystery have for me? And we say, all right, well, it's going to be taken care of. Like what a beautiful faith and trust and whatever that is and the way that the, that life works, but to shirk responsibility and say, what you say you need from me first, you need to go and get that from spirit. The from, yeah, right. Exactly. Go get it from your book first. And, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm again, I'm less interested in that now than yeah. I ever have been. And I think I'm so not, many people are, it's, I mean, your story, my, my story, as far as just the, the openness is, millions, I would say maybe billions of people on the planet. It doesn't matter if they're Muslim. I mean, I've had Muslim, I've had Hindu people and I've had every religion that I can think of on this podcast all say the same thing. It's not about Christianity is lacking. It's about everyone's looking at these religious structures and being like, "Mm, yeah, not, not working anymore. Like not, there's something greater. And I love to think of it as if the electricity went out, and the harmonies went away and the lights on stage went away and mm-hmm. all the great, you know, we're going to dim the lights now. And we're going to, yeah, yeah. all that stuff went away. Did God exist before all of it? Yes. Yep. Right. Does God exist outside of all of it? Yeah. So God is not then in all of that. God is out of all of that. And mm-hmm. I think that's what we're waking up. Why nature is such an important realization that this cadence of the natural world, the natural law 
nature's law is fully in abundance, fully thriving, Mm -hmm. fully manifesting the colors, the smells, the fragrances, all the plants and animals and insects and this whole ecosystem that we are a part of, we are not separate from. And yet when we go into this religious world, it's almost like different matrices. We can like pop into this matrix and pop into this matrix and pop into this matrix. And it's like, they're good for a time and season, I think. And it helps us understand. And I think at the end of the day, perhaps our jobs as, or our opportunities as souls in these bodies are to relate to every single person on this planet. So then we are to go on this journey and learn from them and learn from them and learn from them. So at the end of the day, we can say, come, let us sit together. Let us break bread together. Let us love one another. Let us talk to one another. I think that's the great soul journey. Mm. I think, okay. So what you're doing here, we just, we went, you think of that, the, the, the lights and the moments and whatever that's the tight shot, mm-hmm. right? Yep. That's the image of like, Oh, I guess this is what, this is where God is. This is where I experience. And then we're like, well, let's go a little bit wider and let's just see like, what are some other people's experiences about that? And then what you're doing is going like, no, let's take the wide shot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's see. You got it. Where are we? Yeah. And where we are, <laughs> as you're saying, is like, we're on a floating rock flying at 30,000 kilometers an hour through a vast expanse of nothingness. So tell me again, yeah. <laughs> how you understand. Exactly. Totally. That's it. <laughs> and, oh. and that that's something I laugh at rather, rather than getting, fr- I get frustrated if somebody tries to box and say like, no, you need to fit in my box. I'm like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Again, like floating rock. Right. Um, right. And, and it's not to say I got it. It's to say, actually, I'm like, I'm again, hands open. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And, um, and when we step into that, I think that's a bit more of that path of discovery. As you say, that's the soul journey is like, okay. And so while we're here, let's do, let's talk about story for a second. Let's do what they've been doing. What our, our species has been doing for thousands of years and tell the best story that we can interpret out of what we're experiencing. Yes. What is the Bible? What are these books? What is the Quran? What is except the people's best interpretation of how they saw what was happening and wanted to pass that on to others to continue some sort of belief or journey or again, family narrative that we then picked up 2000 years later and said, this must be true. Yeah. And, and what if, oh, this must be how they saw it. And oh, I wonder if I can learn from that. Exactly. That's such a beautiful thing. And, and as you're talking, you're talking about people saying, come join my box. I feel like I, I have to have a warning label on me that says warning comes with matches. Like, oh, you want me to go to your box? I warn you, I have a huge book of matches and I will burn this mother down to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my god! What do you, gosh. okay, let me ask you because what, what, how do you, um, because I say that, right, you, you just this just happened earlier where you're like, I use these words, manipulation, coercion. I was like, well, let's just be a little bit more sensitive about that. Like, let's just and I'm like, I don't want to I don't want to I'm not here to to burn everybody's faith <laughs> down. And yeah. I don't 
think that you are, though. Maybe you are. Maybe you're walking and you're like, all right, like flamethrower on your back. Like who who needs it today? What what is like what's how do you operate through mm-hmm. the, how do you go with that? Is it like, you know, you come you come with matches? At what point do you decide, okay, I'm letting these before I've even heard anything? Like I've seen enough. Or is your effort to go this, in and say like, all right, what is this? Such a good question. First of all, I go into everything. Um, I've read the Satanic Bible, the Bible, like, yeah, like right. any religious texts or yeah. you know, I've read. I love it. All the safers, all these Jewish, like. However, I cannot. I've had a rabbi on here who was sexually abused. I know in the Orthodox Jewish community. I mean, so I cannot separate. It's not. Here's what I. Here's how I say. This is good. This is good. I actually could give a rip what people say. It's what they don't say. And that is my great indictment on every one of these systems. I have a coaching client. She's beautiful soul. And she said, you know, I want to be accepting of all people. And I said, and I'm teaching her what we speak. We manifest. That's why we spell. We are spelling spells are real. We say abracadabra and it is. So from what we speak, we utter and it is Mm. Why they teach us to write in cursive because we are cursing because curses are real life and death are in the power of the tongue and those that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. What we sp- say is that's why God said, and it was, mm. and he said, speak and it is. So here's my thing. All these systems, all these boxes, it's what they're not saying. And so from my own experience, when I fill in this box and I know these children and I know these women yeah. and I know what's happening. And when I feel that they, what is truth? Truth makes us free. If people are not free, then sorry, the indictment is it's not truth. You cannot have both ways. Yeah. You cannot say it's truth and keep bondage. It's not, it's incompatible. So that's where in me rises this, like this fire, like, yeah, yeah. It is yeah. like a tornado from heaven inside my very soul that says, I'm here to protect those, those babies and those little kids that have no voice, those women who have lost their brains, their minds have utterly been shattered into a million pieces by these narcissists and they cannot function. And they go to the narcissistic system and the narcissistic system says, go take it to Jesus. Mm. Jesus is building a band of cords right now. Watching all you people like he it is such a system of, so I want to be very specific in that. I'm not here to burn the systems down. I'm here to liberate the people that are stuck in the systems. Come on. And there it is. That's it. That's it. I don't, I don't have enemies. These are not my enemies. These are people if they so choose. And oh, to get back to my client, I asked her, she said, she wanted to be accepting of all people. So pedophiles, you cannot say accepting there has to be boundaries boundaries are what makes good neighbors fences are what makes good neighbors walls are what makes good people feel safe you don't feel safe in the vast you're like always like you can't sleep in the out open range very well unless you have a tent or some sort of boundary that's where safety is that's why our souls fit in these bodies so we're made to feel safe with a boundary and so i love the sentiment of yes we want to love all people Mm -hmm. but i'm certainly not accepting of all behavior, all right. actions. I'm here to say, if you hurt another yeah. in any way, shape or form, watch out because 
flamethrowers. It's coming. Yeah. And that's where I think that's incredible. Yeah. That's, I guess my distinction is I'm not, I don't care to destroy these systems. I don't want to hurt another person, but if I do go into these systems and I feel the, the enclosing in and it's like, Whoa. Well, I feel like that's where you start to, there's almost a bit of celebration. It's, it's, it's a weird thing that I'm feeling right now with, you know, um, so naming churches, yeah. uh, you've got the meeting house up here. Uh, it, it's a, you know, this is Canada's mega church basically. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the lead pastor was just, just, it was revealed, oh, there's been sexual abuse, mm-hmm. um, you know, in his office over years. And so this whole thing that was built on his image is going like, what, are we then? Yeah. And then you've got Hillsong, you know, yeah. in Australia. And they've got this big Seattle, dog. Exactly. Where I was, and he yep. falls and all exactly. Yep. So you've got these these people mm-hmm. and these positions, but ultimately again, these systems, and you go, Oh, oh wait, what's happening there? Oh yeah, it's someone getting hurt. Yeah. Someone being okay. You know what? I'm actually okay if the whole thing just if that whole thing that you've built up just goes down. And it's weird. It's this, again, it's this, I don't know if it's celebration. There's, there's a, there's a smidge of joy. Maybe there's a lot of joy. I don't know where you go. Great. That, that box that was protecting mm-hmm. uh, this behavior uh, knowingly or not, maybe is actually, maybe it is going to burn down and then the people will be set free to to do what they want to choose, to follow, to believe, to whatever, but not be hurt. There is a, there's a verse. This is a hard verse. I'm I'm about to share a very hard verse and it might zing every person that's listening. There's a verse in Proverbs that says, if a ruler hearkens unto lies, all his servants are wicked. This is a very hard teaching. Mm. This is a very hard teaching. If a ruler hearkens unto lies, all his servants are wicked. Is it the intention of the servants to be wicked? No. All they are doing is following the dictates of the one at top. Right. Yeah. But lies are the inversion of truth. Truth is what makes us free. They are servants because they're not free. This is so this whole narrative of like, if the leader, if the authority figures, if the top is not in truth, the whole Congress. So I do believe that there is a supernatural wind being blown over all these systems right now to say, and all the people like kind of wake up from this day. Some will get hurt. Some identities were built in the personalities of these people. But then it's like you saying, is this mine? Yeah. Huh. Or was I this? And I think that's a beautiful thing for you. I mean, look what it's led you to this beautiful journey and right. such a beautiful soul and a beautiful articulation of life. I call it just life. Like what a cool book your life is. If I would yeah. re- read it, I'd say that's a great book. And I know it's not done, It's but it's so far a great book. My life, a great book. And I think everyone gets to have their own life to be that great book. And I do think when the Bible says, and the books were opened, that's not the book of, everyone's like the book of life, the book of life, everyone's life is a book. And what is read in that? Is it worth reading? And I always want people to be the heroes of their own story. We talked about it, you know, the hero's journey, like 
you came here. I thought Lauren and I, my wife and I were talking yesterday, like legit Lauren and I came here to break every freaking chain <laughs> anywhere. If I see just a little link, I am going and smashing that thing. There will be no chains passed from me to my children and posterity as, as much as I can at a soul level, observe and set free. Like that's my journey. And it's mm. one of <laughs> sometimes really wild and intense times, but incredible. Story. Well, and this is, this is right. This is the story. And so we look at stories and transformation and, and I think ultimately we talk about all of this and like, great, this, yes. So your story, right. And, and I just have the podcast that we dropped that we created actually is, is live now. Uh, I think drops today or something. And, and I think the title that I put was from, um, oh man, was it from lost to free or something to loved, lost to loved, or I don't know, stuck to, to fear to loved maybe was, I don't know what it was, um, and, but it's, it's all about transformation. And, and it's just, I'm looking at the same thing. It's exactly what we're talking about in this whole mm-hmm. journey here is yes, let's talk about the church. Let's talk about the system. Let's talk about the world. What's the transformation that we've gone on? Pick 2000 years, pick 2,500, pick 10,000, pick 10, 20 million years, What's the big transformation? Maybe the last two hours. What kind of transformation are we going on here? And let's make it towards something. And ultimately, as you're saying, towards truth. And if it's towards truth, then what's it from? And yeah, it would be from fear. It would be from lies. So how are we constantly telling that story? I think that's the story that we're invited into. And we get to be a participant in and be a co-creator of so, so right. The encouragement is go today yeah. and lead yourself and lead others from yes. whatever lies or fear yes. you are in towards truth and love. Yes. That's your good story today. That's beautiful. And, and that's, I think the good story of the good of, of that, of this book, that book. That's right. That's right. It's all the same life, death, new life. Mm. Beautiful brother. I think you're, you're just the coolest guy, man. I, I can't <laughs> wait to hang with you in person. I appreciate you. Oh man. And I just, everyone that's listening, if you are struggling with your own story, I just recommend you reach out to Alex. He does coaching with helping people develop their story in a very methodical way, actually the way to story develop, um, and take you on the hero's journey. And I just, just a cool guy. And I'm glad, um, I'm glad our mutual friend introduced us and, yeah. um, I'm having Jacob on, uh, uh, coming up here for the second time. So, and I'd love to have you back on, I think as our, as our stories, um, continue, I think it'd be fun to just check in with each other throughout yeah. time and just keep the, keep the journey going. Well, look, I think you and I could talk about anything. I hope it's engaging and interesting for the listeners as well, but I think, you know, yeah, next time, you know, let's talk about tacos and somehow it's going to turn into something <laughs> Exactly. Some somewhere around spirituality, somewhere around storage, <laughs> yeah, somewhere around right. impact. I mean, we just start and we start going and, and um, I'm just so grateful for this time and the space that you hold here. It's, it's, uh, uh, this is it. This is, these are the conversations that need to happen. And, and thank you for leading the way on this. It's-
Well, brother Alex, like I said, thank you for coming on. And that was one of the most fun podcasts, fun conversations I've ever um, had here for myself. So thank you. I appreciate it. Make sure you go follow his podcast, No Boring Stories podcast. Um, you could even find the episode that I did with Alex on there as well. And everyone, thank you for listening. I bless you all. I am Lucas Mack. This is the Golden Rule Revolution, and I'll talk to you on the next episode. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for listening. For support in your journey, go to my website, lucasmack.com.